Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And I'm very pleased to say that right now, for the first time on Hope FM, we've got Ron with us. Hey, Ron, how you doing? <laughs> Good, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honoured to be here. It's an absolute... Absolute pleasure. Please don't call me sir, just call me Gordon. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, so it'd be really good for the listeners, aren't they? Used to your music, we've been playing Amadeo for quite a while. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, was when um, we had uh, Brandon on, uh, uh, so Richland. Yeah. He, he, he was on and uh, he was saying, I, I asked him the question of um, who, who's your favourite artist? Who's inspired you the most? And he said, Ron Stevenson, just amazing, such a big influence in my life. Oh, amazing. Said, you won't believe this, Richard. What, the, the next track I already have lined up for after this interview is Amadeo. So, uh, so, which, uh, so, and I, he said, oh, Ron is just such a great guy. So that was lovely. And, that, and it was at that point I thought, you know, I'd really love to have you on uh, and interview you. Man, so, well, thank you. Could, could you tell me just a little bit uh, about your walk with Jesus, how you became a Christian, uh, and how you became an artist uh, putting out Christian music? Sure. Well, you know, I, I grew up in a small, a very small country town, kind of a farming community way out in the country. I grew up in the church in a little community church of about 100 people. And I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was seven. And, you know, even at a young age, I kind of had this, this nudge and this sense just embedded within me that I knew I wanted to be a follower of Jesus. I knew I wanted to be his. Um, but I feel like later on into my adult life, you know, definitely in college and into my early married life, I had a pretty profound encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it just, just kind of blew the doors open for me. And my faith really became real and became my own in my early 20s. And I, I felt like the Lord just spoke a lot of purpose and destiny and just a lot of uh, foresight and vision into my life and into my heart. And it was really in my early twenties, you know, I, I got a guitar when I was 18 years old from my youth pastor and I'm really a drummer. I started playing the drums in the third grade. So I played the drums forever. That was really my instrument. I never had any desire really to be a singer or a songwriter or a performer like that. I just wanted to be a drummer in maybe a, a rock band or something. But when I got that guitar when I was 18, so I kind of got a late start and I, it just made sense. Like it just clicked. I just could do it. And it getting that guitar really opened up this whole other chapter of my life. And it really sent me off in a, in a direction of learning how to take all these thoughts and all these emotions and all these prayers and all these things that had been stirring in me for all these years to be able to put those to some chords on a guitar and to work on rhyming and to make songs and lyrics and melodies. And so from the time I was 18 all the way into my early thirties, late twenties, early thirties, I just really worked on writing songs and, you know, I never had a record label or a manager or anything like that. I was just kind of independently playing music and writing songs. And I was working as a paramedic this whole time working, you know, running 911 emergency calls. And then on my days off, I would go play music and lead worship at my church. So I kind of had this, this kind of two phases of life going on at the same time. And the nuts and bolts of it really is what, what really was a trajectory shifting moment happened while I was a paramedic. And it happened because of a 911 call that I responded to. Uh, a 39-year-old lady 
had been out hiking in the hills and she had gotten struck by lightning and it killed her. And I was the paramedic that responded to that call and ended up reviving her in the back of the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And she recovered, she survived, she lived through it. And, you know, months and months later, we ended up connecting and she learned that I was a local musician around town and she wanted to help me uh, with, with my dreams and my passions. And she learned that I was a musician, you know, so she helped me get into a recording studio and I, re I recorded five songs that I had been writing songs for years. And those five songs, I recorded them really nicely the way I wanted to and uh, with her help, you know, and that I sent that, demo off to a record company and that got me my first record deal and it was just kind of kind of a crazy whirlwind that's that's such a brief uh bird's eye view of a lot of moving parts and a lot of a lot of seasons going on simultaneously but you know the tip of the iceberg was was really just that what i told you and which led to you know i wrote a song called speak life that I co-wrote with a dude named Toby Mack, who I had grown up on the music of DC talk as a kid. So I got, I got connected with Toby through speak life. And then Toby ended up putting me, signing me to his record label called goatee records. And the rest is kind of history from there. We've been, I've been rolling with Toby and goatee records for the last almost eight years now. And in those eight years, it's been just, profoundly life-changing and amazing and difficult and lovely and just all the things um it's it's definitely been a journey and it's been a beautiful one wow can you i rewind just a bit because you mentioned about having that encounter with the holy spirit and we've got a fairly broad listenership so for some people they won't know quite what you're talking about at the moment describe what happened yeah i went to a prayer meeting one night and i i didn't want to go but a lady asked me to go to be a part of this worship environment thing that they were doing. And, you know, it just, I kind of wasn't feeling up to it. And I had, I think I had something else going on, but I just felt this nudge inside my heart that I could not ignore that just told me you need to go to this. And so I actually canceled this coffee shop thing that I was supposed to be playing at. And I went to this prayer meeting and these two guys showed up and I was listening to what they were saying and they were talking about worship and how our worship is powerful and how when we release our sound, it changes the environment around us. And, and when we sing what's in our heart, it has a, it can spiritually shift the atmosphere to where the Holy spirit, to where God's presence comes alive within our worship and in our song and in our sound. And it, and his spirit is able to encounter hearts as we facilitate encounter through our worship. And it just, it was like the lights just went off. And this guy got up and he walked across the room. I'd never met him before. And he came over to me and he put his hand on my chest and he just began to just speak destiny and hope and, and prophesy over my life about where I'd been and who I was and where I was going. And it just, I just melted. Like I just began to weep because it was as if, as if the Lord himself was standing there in that room speaking to me so gently and so profoundly and every word just resonated inside of me and came alive in my heart. And it was like the, the deepest truths that I'd ever heard anybody speak were just right there. And I just knew in that moment, 
okay, God, you are, you are so real. Your Holy Spirit is so real and you definitely speak to us. You, it, that is not something that died with the, with the apostles. Like you are alive now. You are speaking to us now. The gifts are here now. And, and you want me to use those gifts. And you, so it was really in that moment that just this fire for worship and singing and, and releasing the sound that was placed in me to other people to hopefully heal people and, and to point their eyes towards the King. That's really what happened. Wow. Wow. That's a beautiful story of an encounter with God that sounds like it set a whole trajectory in motion. Absolutely. Uh, and, and an amazing thing with the lady being hit by lightning and dying and, and you resuscitating her and then her coming back into your life and making such a profound difference as well. Yeah. So um, just, extraordinary story uh, to, to start things off thank you so much for sharing that yeah. so um so you're you're i'd always say you're a reasonably well established uh, christian musician right now you've got an album that just came out recently it's got some fabulous tracks on it um what, what which of the tracks on the album would you say are your favorite and why Oof, man every time i get asked that question i have such a hard time answering that because i like every song to me like I just I can't write a lot of fluff. Every song that I write that makes it on a record really does come birthed. It gets birthed from a place that really meant something. It exists for a reason. And you know, songs like Wildest Dreams to Through It All to Mercy in the Dirt to When We Fall Apart to Best Is Yet to Come to you know Amadeo. Like every one of them is just so alive to me, and they they're just so meaningful and i could i could make a case for every single one of them why it's my favorite but i think if i had to pick a couple in particular maybe one in particular it'd be a song called when we fall apart um and that's just us you know my mother was my biggest cheerleader my mom was my you know she was a a nurturing woman a, an amazing woman of god she passed away 10 years ago uh to cancer and so it was really her life and her legacy and the things that she instilled in me, uh, remembering those conversations at this point in my life was what compelled me to write that song. And those words are really her words and me kind of, kind of remembering the, the spiritual wisdom and insight that she instilled in me years ago that ended up healing me now. So I'm so sorry to hear of your mom uh, dying. So so early um could you tell me is there one thing particular that you're so blessed by that your mum said to you mm. i think the thing that resonates with me the most still to this day is my mom always taught me to never be afraid to embrace people to to never look at anybody with partiality she always taught me you know my mom was the poster child for that person who would she would love on the outcasts. She would love on the poor people. She would love on the, the, uh, the special needs people, the people who smelled bad, the alcoholics, the, the addicts. Like my mom would just get in those people's space and she made them feel loved. And she always taught me, don't ever be afraid to love on people, to hug on people. We need to be touched. We need to be, we need to feel like people love us and that and we people need to feel that so don't ever be afraid to love people where they need to be loved and that has just stuck with me 
forever. That's who I want to be. You were 43 when you got the news. Life will be changing. Nothing we can do. Sometimes the only way to heal a broken heart is when we fall apart. And that was When We Fall Apart by Ron Stevenson. I'm pleased to say Ron is still with us here on Hope FM. Ron, that song, as I've listened to it quite a lot this week, it really has touched my heart a lot. And I'm sure now, as people listen to it at home or wherever they might be, uh, that maybe God's been speaking to them as well. Uh, and if you'll be willing to, it'd be wonderful if you could just pray right now for the listeners. Absolutely. I'd love to. Dear Lord God, we are so thankful to be alive. We're so thankful that we have you. And because we have you, we have all the hope we could ever ask for, God. Because you are hope, you are our healer. We know that you are overseeing the details of all of our lives and we can trust you with every single ounce of it. God, when things feel discouraging, when 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 it feels like we're coming apart at the seams and that we're we're not going to hold on, God, you are there. You, you promise us you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. And Lord, I just come to you and ask you to revive all of us today in your name, God, that, that you would just break off any bondage that is over our lives, any, any spirit of disunity or hatred or fear. God, whatever is keeping us from turning our eyes to you and and coming back to the altar, coming back to that place of our first love, whatever distraction is in our life, that you would woo our hearts back to you, that you would be our first love again, that we would be completely fascinated and enamored with your presence and that you you would speak just with, you would just speak with such clarity that you are fascinated with us, that that you wanted us and you were fascinated with us long before we could ever keep a commandment if our life depended on it, God, that you wanted us, that we belong, that we are attached to you, that we are your beloved kids. And all all of our purpose in life is just a consequence of knowing that we're your child, God. Instill that in us today. Let us know that you are a good father, that you are Abba, and that we can trust you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Ryan. Um, thank you for what you shared so far. Um, I feel I feel that your songs, um, just about what you were saying before about you don't just go and just write a song. So sometimes we have artists on, and they're very, very talented, and their songs are great. But And they say that part of the process is they've got like a, an idea for a song that might be good to make a, a tune and a, maybe a hit out of, and they, they do. And they sit and they write with a number of people and come up with it. But the fact that you're talking that you write from things that you've been through and yeah. from your heart and from the experience of it, I think that very much came through. As I listened to the album, uh, for those people at home, I should say the album's called Wildest Dreams. It came out in June. Uh, it's got 10 tracks on it and uh, well worth a uh, listen. Um, so um, so it's a, it's a great album, but your heart comes through. And, and I think the fact that you had that encounter with the Holy Spirit and he's led you onto these things mm. uh, means that just the, the things you sing as well. I think you don't just sing with just uh, your earthly voice, but you sing also, I think, with the authority 
uh, that God's put in you from heaven as well. And so I'm so grateful uh, for what you bring on that front. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your book? Because I didn't know you had a book uh, until I happened to be just doing a little bit of, of hunting around uh, and finding out about the stuff that you had out there. And I went, oh, this is, this is an audiobook. This sounds great. I love audiobooks. So I, so I started listening to it. T- tell, us, tell us about, about your book. Sure. Yeah. It's just called Eye of the Storm, Experiencing God When You Can't See Him. And it's just a, a an autobiography. It's just my story. It's just me kind of recounting my life, my journey, um, as I have over the years, of, as I've looked back on my journey and the phases and the chapters of my life, I've just, I'm just blown away of how amazingly faithful the Lord has been in every season and every step, even in even in my failures and my mistakes and the things I didn't get right and the things that I didn't do and say right in my victories, even the great times, the hard times, the tough times, like I have just seen God's hand and his faithfulness embedded in every step that I have taken. And I wanted to write it down. And I, I really had no intention of writing a book. Honestly, I just, I wanted to, I kind of just started taking some notes and just writing down like, God, this is what you've done in my life. And it really led into, man, if I was going to tell, tell these notes as a story that somebody can read as this young man's life, when he was born to right now, and you can look at this canvas, what would that look like? And so I just started writing my, as I would write a story, I started writing a story down, but it was easy because my life was in it. And I, so I wrote, I just wrote down a story in my life. and put that out and hopefully it encourages people. Can you, can you tell us a story from it? Obviously you mentioned the ambulance story. I'm sure that's going to be in there because that's so extraordinary. Is there, is there another story that's a standout story that's worth sharing right now? Sure. Oh, goodness. I mean, I think a big part of my story was my early childhood. And, you know, I grew up in a, in a like I said, in a small little farming community. We grew up pretty poor. And I, I just know that from a young age, I really felt um, less than other people. Like there was a lot of very wealthy people in our community who were the ranchers and the landowners and the business owners. And my family was kind of one of the blue collar workers of those people. And all of my friends were kind of friends of the wealthy families. And I, I just, I realized young that there was something attached to, I, I felt like I just didn't measure up that I was less than everybody else because I didn't fit into those things and I didn't have those things. So there must be something wrong with me. And, you know, as I got into junior high school, seventh grade was a very, very difficult year for me because I stopped physically growing in the seventh grade. All my friends started growing and, you know, going through puberty and and maturing. And I didn't go through my adolescent growth spurt. I didn't hit puberty till I was almost 18 years old. So I was a very late bloomer. So I stayed the physical body and stature of a sixth grade little boy all the way through high school. And, and that just was like throwing gas on a fire of somebody who was already profoundly insecure to, to couple that with now being very physically, uh, physically delayed and just not feeling comfortable in my own body and, and the torment that was attached to bullying and, and being the brunt of, of jokes and all that, it it really did a number on me as a young kid. And those are things that have, you know, I talk about that in the early chapters of the book of how that affected me mentally and emotionally and, and how I've carried that 
into my adult life, even as a, as a husband and a dad, you know, and stuff is just not easy and it doesn't just go away. Thank you so much for sharing something that's so personal. Uh, to look at you and to speak with you right now, I would have no idea at all that you had those issues, particularly things like confidence and people bully. I, I, I can't even understand why anyone would do that to anybody, but uh, <laughs> you're, you're now a star in, in, in the world's eyes with regards to how, what you've achieved. Um, so clearly some amazing stuff happened to turn around and that your identity didn't stay embedded in who you were back then, but got changed uh, so that God just could release you to become the man he's making you to be. So, so the book, uh, so it's a physical book that people can read, Yeah, uh, but it's also an audible, audible book, isn't it? Where, where can people listen to it if they want to listen in? And anywhere you stream, um, anywhere you, you can get it off Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you stream audiobooks. Okay, quite, quite easy to find then. So um, I, think, I think I came across it on Spotify and it sounded really well produced by the way as well. So I wouldn't expect anything less from you, but it was, it was, a, it was a good, easy uh, listener. So, um, awesome. so I, I'm, I'm a fan of an audiobook, to be honest with you. So I was very pleased to come across it. And uh, so your album's come out. Have you had an awful lot of work to do off the back of that? Have you been locked down? So you haven't really been able to do yeah. anything you'd expected when an album normally comes out? You know, yeah. I mean, normally when an album comes out, we're out on a big tour and or we're out you know playing summer festivals and then getting ready to go into a big fall tour and my album came out early june which is right kind of just after we all got shut down so i an album and a book I've, i haven't really been able to get out and tour it but we've been out playing private home shows and small shows in the people in people's backyards and people's homes doing like what was called the backyard summer concert series cool. so i went out I went out and we've been staying pretty busy doing that. Uh, I also started a podcast earlier this year and it's called Weathering the Storm. And it's just about people's testimonies. I have 12 guests in for season one and we're talking, people are sharing their testimony and they're, I mean, they're profound testimonies. I, I mean, I've got people like Toby Mack and Amy Grant and Bart Millard from Mercy Me and uh, you know, Daniel Nava, who plays for the Boston Red Sox. I mean, a lot of amazing guests sharing their story and getting very vulnerable. And it, it's just so healing. So I've been really busy with the podcast too. And being a new dad. <laughs> yeah, that, all of those things actually keep you very busy. Um, so you, you mentioned about being vulnerable, people being vulnerable. There was a quote at the start of your audiobook that I think you said it had an impact on you. What was the quote about vulnerability, being authentic? Yeah. Uh, goodness. Well, I, I think if, if I'm recalling what you're talking about, it was a quote from uh, a good friend of mine named Paul Young. Um, and Paul says that Paul wrote a book called the shack and that book really impacted my life. And, and Paul has become a dear friend over the years, but he said, I opened my book up with this quote cause I thought it was so amazing. He said, God doesn't deny our past participation in darkness or our brokenness, but yet he redeems it. He redeems our brokenness and he weaves it into the expression that we now become so that our past is present with us in the moment because our past is way too precious to lock into a memory. And I just, man, I thought that was so good because I feel like a lot of times we try to just compartmentalize and say, man, I just don't even want to, I don't want to think about that. And sometimes there's 
hard, difficult stuff that we just don't even want in a part of our mind. But, but for me, that was so healing because in the moments I'm so aware, I'm so aware of my need for God and I'm so aware of how much I've been delivered that I feel like realizing how good God has been, even in our moments of compromise and in bad choices that we've made, God's hand is still so faithful and he's still so good and he and he takes the broken parts of our lives and makes amazingly beautiful things like he's just so good he doesn't throw us away because we mess up we're not on a hamster wheel of performance trying to earn our way to him but he is a daddy and he sees his kids you know i love that quote by george mcdonald it says god will not stand idly by while there's anything in us that does not agree with love's kind. Yeah, it's good. And that is just, that's just so profound to me. It's, that's just the heart of a father. And I'm learning that heart of a father now at 40 years old. I feel like for the first time ever, I'm really learning daddy's heart. And what advice would you have for listeners who maybe feel a bit broken? They feel like they failed too much. Um, How, how would you think or recommend people Mm. go through that process and how do they take those things forward into the person that God wants them to become. You know, I mean, I, I feel like I'm going through that very thing right now. And I'm, I'm coming to grips with the fact that I am beloved, that anything that tells me otherwise is nothing more than the rattling voice of the accuser. You know, the devil's name, if you break his name down, it, he literally means the slanderer. So every voice that we hear that is not of love's kind is the voice of the accuser. And we have to reject the lies, that rattling voice of the accuser in our ear all day, telling us that we are not going to measure up, that we're too far gone, that we've blown it, that we're unusable, that we have no value. I've heard those things my whole life. And, and when, mm-hmm. when God's beloved identity, when we step into that space of saying, no, I'm, I do not agree with that anymore. I'm not going to believe those things. I am going to believe right now that I'm a son, that I'm a child, that I'm a beloved son and or daughter of the king, that, that he, he, I have been resurrected with him, that the finished works of the cross does just not mean that Jesus died on the cross because Jesus is no longer hanging on the cross. He is enthroned and seated at the right hand of God. So as, as Roman says, we, we are with him in his death and we are with him in his resurrection. And being with him in his resurrection means we have authority. We have been given all authority, as Colossians 2 says. We've been given the authority of the kingdom, and this is the gospel of the kingdom. And I've, it's just blowing my mind of how much authority we have that we abdicate to the enemy when all authority has been given to us to say, nope, that's a lie, and I do not agree with that lie anymore. And that rattling voice, yeah. when, that, when those voices of temptation start to come in, you just say, nah that this house is furnished. This house is furnished with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So choosing to actually reject the things the enemy speaks over you and start to learn your true identity, uh, that God, who God's calling you to be. That certainly sounds like a great place to start to put behind the things that the enemy wants to bring into your future and instead start to receive the things that God has for you. 
Um, thank you so much. I love your wisdom. I love the fact that you've been able to just straight away bring out some things from the Bible where there's so much truth of God. So if you're at home and you haven't got a Bible, I would just say um, maybe get in contact with a local church. You can pop on to www.findachurch.co.uk and do a search there by a postcode or town and you'll be able to find many churches that would like to help you to find out more about God's amazing love. Right. So, um, Ryan, in this uh, coming season, after Christmas, am I right that you're going to be touring with Toby Mac? Uh, not right. I've, we've got a bunch of shows together, but um, not on an actual tour right out of the first of the year. Oh, okay. So, so there's there's some shows coming. At least, at least there's something to look forward to with Toby. So, so that's that's positive. Uh, but obviously, they're all in the states now. Once COVID's over, any plans to come to the UK? We, my manager and I just met today about that very thing. And we are trying to figure out a way how to get over there. And uh, I've never done a concert in the UK. It would be my, I've been there, but I've never played any music there. So I would really love to make that work. It would be cool. It's a bit confusing times right now to try and plan anything quite as significant as that. Yeah. So obviously you're busy with the new child. You're not rushing off on a tour. So what are you doing with your days? mowing my grass, uh, <laughs> working in my yard, hanging out with my wife, taking, taking my kids to school, doing homework. Uh, man, I'm just writing songs, continuing to write songs, just trying to be as, you know, this has been the sweetest time I think I've ever had with my family and with God. And I'm just, I'm just settling into that. I'm just, I'm not making any huge plans. I'm just resting and, and being present right now with my family and my community, writing some songs, spending time outside in the yard, you know, that's it. That, that actually sounds really good to get to, especially with, with a, a little one. Great time to spend extra time yeah. with your wife and the other two children as well. So they just know uh, who their dad is more and more. It's, it's actually it's something that a number of artists said when we've interviewed them, that actually it's the first time they've had such a long uninterrupted uh, space with their family and uh, actually it's been a real blessing in many ways so may maybe not what you'd expect okay. of this time but making good use of it all the same so um your album has just been a great thing that we've mentioned already but we've got one more song uh, to play off it which is amadeo which uh, we've heard a lot and it's in our charts right now uh, on hope fm but uh, can you tell us a bit about the story behind that sure you know amadeo is comes from a latin word meaning uh, lover of God, or I love you, God. or um, And, you know, as we were making this song, I, we were just, you know, our community here, um, just kind of everything that's been going on with all of us, there's so much uncertainty right now. We live in an uncertain time and we're all facing tremendous trials. Um, a lot of uncertainty, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that I know have just been going through life-altering catastrophic events and and deep deep seasons of grief and loss and just watching these things take place it's really put into perspective how much we how how needy we are for god and i was reading in the book of job in the bible and job says you know job is a story of a guy who had everything and the lord basically took everything away from him his family, his health, his possessions, his money, everything. He, Job is about to die. And even, about, even when he's about to die, he says in Job 15, he says, though he slay me, 
even though he slay me, I'll still trust him. And that just came alive in me because I want to have that kind of faith. And I want us all to have that kind of faith that no matter what we're facing, he doesn't, he never changes and he is always good. And he's always motivated by love. And it was, it was just a prayer. This song was literally just a prayer of saying, you know, life can take our breath away. Tragedy can leave a wake. Our broken hearts don't ever beat the same. You know, that pain can stop us in our tracks, losing what we can't get back. It shakes the foundations of our faith, but no matter what's in my way, I know that you're never going to change. And then it just goes on to say, you are still my God. And it was my hope that we could just come around that idea and that knowledge and that assurance that whatever's going on in our lives, that knowing, being assured that he is still God, we can trust him with whatever is happening. Life can take our breath away. Get more interviews now. Visit hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview.